the sum of every high and every low remind me once again just who i am because i need to
joined us on live feed. Thank you so much for being here with us today. God is good, ain't he? And all the time, God is good. Amen. We still have several that are sick, several that uh, need a special touch from God. And I know that each one that's here has a special need. Why? Because I know that you all know somebody that is sick, somebody that needs a spiritual touch, somebody that needs a physical touch. And I know God is able to do exactly that. Amen. Let's all stand this morning, go to the Lord in prayer. I'm expect I come to church this morning with a great expectation that God's going to move. Amen. I've come expecting to receive from God. How about you? We've got to come with an expectation. Whether we're in house or on live feed, we've got to come together expecting God to move. Amen. Glory be to God. Let's bow our heads and let's pray and ask God to touch in this service today. Amen. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today. God, we want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you today. Father, I pray that you'll just open the windows of heaven and pour out an anointing and a blessing that could only come from you. Father, I pray today that you'll move in a mighty way, open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing and an anointing on those in-house and those on live feet alike. God, I pray as we come together with the expectation that you will move and minister to the hearts and lives. God, touch those that are sick. Touch those that have got depression, anxiety. Touch those that are on the road traveling. Father, I pray that you'll move in a mighty way this very day, this very hour. God, I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said, Amen. And amen. Let's stand and let's worship this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him in song this morning. Let's bless the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
us out because we've got to we we're going to make sure we uh, have a great great time coming into the presence of the Lord and we're thankful for each member of our praise team each one that's come and to lead us into the presence of God amen glory be to God I am glad to be in the presence of the Lord I'm glad to be here with each one of you amen I'll be, I've said it several times, I'll be so glad when the day comes that we're able to all be back together under one roof. Amen? That day's coming. 
I know it is. Don't know when it's going to be, but I know it's coming. Amen? What we've got to do is we've got to hold on to the presence of God. I told several pastor friends of mine, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. God knows what He's doing. Amen? I'm glad to know that God knows what He's doing. Amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking, discussing, concerning a topic of keeping the blessings of God. Keeping the blessings of God from point of uh, from the day of Pentecost. And not only that, but also the blessings that God's given us throughout His Word. Amen? We know that God has given us multiple blessings throughout His Word. And I'm glad that God's given those to us. Now that God's given them to us, I've got to keep them. Amen? God's given me something. I need to work to keep that. Amen? So the question was asked several, several weeks ago. The question was asked, can we lose the blessings that God has given to us? Can we lose those things? Well, at the time, the answer was yes, and the answer was no. The answer was yes, and the answer was no. That sort of seemed a little odd, doesn't it? But the answer to that was yes. Undoubtedly, we can lose the things that God's given to us. However, the answer is also no. Over the last six weeks or so, we've talked about the blessings God's given us, And we also started off with talking about how that no, we can't lose those blessings. The blessings has been entrusted to us as a gift from God, as a talent which must be used. And only by when we use the talents and the blessings that God's given to us can we be secure in the fact that we can keep the blessings God's given to us. Amen? And when we utilize those blessings and we allow those blessings to be a part of our lives, then we're not going to lose those blessings. Amen? If I use... Okay, used to, probably about six, seven years ago, we could use socks. Now we're using masks. (laughs) I could lose this. There's probably been several that has been lost in the Lambert household. Okay? There's been several that's probably been lost. But what we try to do is we try to we'll throw them in the dirty clothes. I don't know about you, but my washing machine and my dryer eats clothes. We, I have actually took in one, taken one of the panels off one time and found extra socks. Okay, So it eats them. I'm sure that there's probably been one or two of these masks is probably in the washer or the dryer. Some of your dryers, you have to run them extra time so there's extra time for it to eat. That's happened around the house too. But I look, I have lost many of these, but the one that's in my pocket, I'm not going to lose it. Why? Because it's in my pocket. I may not remember sometimes that it's there, but I know where it's at. You know how I know that? Next time I got that suit out of the closet, you know what? There was a mask in my pocket. I might, not, I might have misplaced it, but, I, but it was there. 
Here's the thing about our talents and the skills and the possessions and the things, the blessings of God that God has given to us. If we do not use them, we can misplace them. Now, it might still be in my jacket pocket, but I can't use it if it's in my jacket pocket hanging in the closet, can I? How many of you have ever pulled a jacket or or blue jeans or or, or whatever and you found a $20 bill in them? Who's ever found a $100 bill in them? I still don't know where that $100 bill came from. God. (laughs) But I found more 20s than I have anything else. Found more ones probably than I have. But I couldn't use that $20 bill, that $10 bill, that $5 bill. I couldn't use that when it was in the blue jeans hanging in the closet, could I? Why? Because it was not in my, it was not in my possession. It was in the house, but it was hidden from me. And there's many a times that we take the blessings and the talents that God's given to us, and we have misplaced them, and we can't use them while they're misplaced. There's also been many a times that the, like the washer and the dryer will eat your socks or your masks, guess what? It's now further misplaced. Why? Because how many of you actually take the panel off the washing machine and dryer all the time? No. But what we do is when something's messing up, we try to find, and guess what? We'll find that that we have lost. Remember the talent or the, uh, the, the parable that we told a few weeks ago about the, about the lady that had lost a dime? And she tore the house apart trying to find that dime. She had a bunch of others, but she lost one. I'm going to tell you something, church. It's about time that some of the church folks start tearing everything up to find that one lost soul, that one lost friend, that one lost family member, and try to bring them back to the house of God. We need to do that. We need to spend time praying for those that needs to be drawn back to the house of God. I'm going to tell you, I, this has nothing to do with this, but I'm going to go ahead and share this anyway. As a pastor friend of mine, me and him was sharing our theories on COVID-19. I told him that I, ha- that I have said at many a times that many have gotten laziitis in connection with coronavirus. What does that mean? I believe coronavirus is real. I believe that people are getting sick. I do believe that people are dying from it. However, I also believe that many are utilizing COVID as an excuse not to come to the house of God. Yet they will go to Walmart. Come on. In 18, 19 months that we've been doing this, every time I walk in the hospital or the doctor's office, what does the survey say? says, have you, have you been around anybody with COVID-19? Really, the answer is yes, because how many of us has been at Walmart? How has been the grocery store? But many will utilize... Now, look, I am not saying that coronavirus is not real. Every one of us in here knows at least one person or multiple people that has been sick, and probably everybody in here knows at least one person that has died from COVID-19. I mentioned on Wednesday, one out of 500 Americans have died from coronavirus. One out of 500 Americans have died out of coronavirus. What we've got to understand 
is we, and I, I preached on this last Sunday, we cannot live in fear. Amen? We can't do that. I didn't say that we don't need to have common sense and we don't need to use our, our knowledge and we don't, need, we don't need to be safe. I didn't say none of that. But, and I was sharing all this with a pastor friend of mine, and he said, I've been saying the same thing. And we shared it with another pastor and he said, I've been saying the same thing. What people are doing is they're not just with church, but with work as well. <laughs> Many are utilizing coronavirus not to go to work and not to do any other, all these other things. Yet they'll go to Walmart. And I'm not just picking on Walmart. But what we've got to understand is we, this is, look, if you're looking for the normal that was three years ago, quit looking for that. It's time to start looking for Jesus. Hello? What we've got to understand is the normal is gone. Normal now is these are everywhere. That's the normal now. Will this, will this ever go away? I honestly don't think so. But what we've got to understand is we cannot live in a spirit of fear. We talked about this this last Sunday. When we start living in fear, we will lose the blessings that God's given to us. Amen? So I want to move on. I want to tell you a few stories this morning. It's going to be a little bit different. I'm just going to tell you a few stories. I've got some scriptures I'm going to read to you. And I'm going to tell you a few stories about people from the Bible and how they lost the blessing that God had given to them. So I'm going to first start off in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Just coincidentally, it also tied into our Sunday school lesson. That was coincidental. Yeah, right. That was a God thing. All right, so let's take a look. Now the serpent was more crafty and cunning than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Has anybody ever questioned or wondered why God created the serpent? That's a, that's a big sermon right there, but we'll go on. He said to the woman, the serpent said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. But then she adds extra. How many times have you, how many times have you seen people add extra to what God said? Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You're not going to really die. That's just a trick that God's given to you. Because God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes are going to be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and it was a tree that desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. You know, the thing about it is, is, and we'll talk a little bit more as we read all of these scriptures, but the thing is, is Adam and Eve had it made. Hello? Hello? Adam and Eve had it made. 
And they allowed sin to move in and they lost the blessings that God had given to them. So let's go on to the next one. The next one is Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9. Genesis 6 and verse 9 says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. In other words, in our time and in our day, Noah was a church man. Noah was a, a Christian. Noah believed in God. That's what we could say about it today. Noah was blameless in his generation. And Noah walked with God. I know many church folks that think that they walk with God, but they, never mind. Go on to verse 11. Let's read verses 11 through 13. 11 says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. The Bible also tells us, As it was in the day of Noah, the, the earth was corrupt in God's sight. As it was in the day of Noah, when it, that happens, you better look up. The earth was corrupt in God's sight. The earth was filled with violence. God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt. All flesh corrupted their way on the earth. But God remembered the man called Noah. God remembered the man called Noah that in verse 9, Noah walked with God. And so in verse 13, God said to Noah, I have, de I have determined to end the earth. The earth is filled with violence. Behold, I will destroy the flesh with the earth. What we've got to understand is God found one family, one small group of people that was still following after God. And God saved that small group now you tell me that God don't, don't care about the small group. Hello? Eight people. I don't know what the population was. I don't know if there's... I, it may be written down in some history book that I've never, that I've never picked my hands, put my hands on. I don't know what the population was, but God found eight people. God is wanting a small remnant of people to still believe that God is still God. Amen? But everybody else, guess what happened? They lost the blessing that God had given to them. We're going to talk about why in just a second. I'm trying to hold that in, but we won't get to that. Now let's also look at Judges. Judges chapter 16, starting in verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. Remember, Samson, without revealing everything, Samson has fallen into the pit of sin. Samson has fallen into the place and he has lost the blessing that God had given to him. He got his hair cut. He lost the blessings that God... Why was, his, why was it so important about his hair? His hair was tied to his blessing. Hello? 
Samson has lost the blessing that God gave to him. And Samson cries out and says, Remember me. Strengthen me one more time. That I may have be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. They had plucked his eyes out. You read the verses prior to that. They was, they was there that day and they was looking, they was looking to have some fun. They wanted to bring Samson out and they wanted to be entertained. The world wants to be entertained by you and I. Hello? But look at what happens. Samson is a little boy that's leading him around. Samson leads, or to, he, he grasps, Samson grabs the two middle pillars on which the house rested. He leaned his weight against them, his right hand on one side, his left on the other side. He asked this little boy to lead him over. I'm going to tell you something. You are not too young and you're not too old for God to use you. God asked this little boy to take me to the pillars. Samson was led to the pillars and he put his hands and he leaned his weight on those pillars. And Samson said, I'm going to let me die with the Philistines. There's a whole sermon in that. We're going to go on. He vowed with all his strength. God restored. You're never too far that God can't restore you. You may have your spiritual hair cut. You may have your eyes plugged out. You may be in the dumps. But you're not too far for God to restore your blessing. Amen. God wants to restore the blessing in people's lives. But people have got to allow God to let somebody lead them to the pillar. I'm holding on. I got to hold on right now, y'all. Come on. He bowed his head with all his strength. The house fell upon all the people who were there. So the dead whom he killed was more than he killed in all of his lifetime. Don't look at it as he killed physical dead people, but look at this in the spiritual sense, okay? Look at this spiritually, folks. What we've got to understand is that Samson had killed a lot of folks that was against God. I'm not telling you to get your AK-47 and start shooting people, or I don't want you to start bringing the house down. But what we've got to understand is that Samson was bringing the people that was an enemy against God. He was bringing judgment to them by the direction of God. And guess what? Samson was tricked and Samson allowed the devil to trick him. I didn't call the woman the devil. But she allowed the devil to use her to trick. Okay? Hello? God will use the people closest to you to trick you. Or the devil will use the people closest to you to trick you. The devil will use the people closest to you that you don't expect. The devil will use them to trick you. Husbands, I didn't say your wives was there to trick you. That is not what I said. But I'm going to tell you something, church. We have got 
to keep our hand on God. We've got to keep our minds to God so that we do not lose the blessings of God. Amen? Let's go on. Go to Luke chapter 22, verse 50 and 51. Luke chapter 22, verse 50 and 51. And one of them struck the high priest and cut off his ear. They're there in the garden. Hello? They're there in the garden. And guess what? One of them thought that the Son of God needed somebody to protect him. Little did that man know that there was countless number of angels all around them and all Jesus had to do is nod his head, snap his finger, or think the thought. Jesus didn't need Peter to do anything. But Peter thought that he was ahead of the Son of God. And he lost the blessings of God. Why? Because he wanted to take matters in his own hands. So he struck, he struck the servant of the high priest, cut off his ear. And Jesus said, uh-uh, ain't going to do this. Jesus said, no. No more of this. Verse 51. He touched the ear and healed by the servant of the high priest. What we've got to grasp in our mindsets is when we try to step outside, I'm going to get to all this, and I'm going to re, re, redo all this in a second, but when we step outside of the will of God and think that we need, that God needs our help, this is something that happens. These are the things that takes place. We've seen by the above stories from the Word of God, of course there's many more examples, of men and women Doing what was right, listen to me, they was doing what was right in their own eyes and they was not following the path God laid before them. And therefore they lost the blessings that God had given to them. We've seen in the case of Adam and Eve, we've seen that they was offered power and knowledge by the serpent and they threw everything else away, they was offered something small compared to what God had given to them. Think about that. Think about what God had given to them, and the serpent offered them this. Do you see this? And what they did is they threw away their relationship with God for the ability to be as gods, to know good and evil. That's all they got, folks. They got a death sentence in, in essence. Sin now is bringing death into their lives. And all they got was the ability to know good and evil. Do you know how I know that mankind knows the ability of good and evil? Right there. We know right from wrong. There's so many that don't Act like they do. Your kids know right from wrong. Every parent in here should have jumped up and shouted for glory. Your kids know right from wrong. Do you know how many times I've had, I've had parents to ask me, 
And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I cry with most of them too. They'll come to me and they'll be crying. You, I'm going to tell you something, church. You do not know the tears I have cried over some of your kids. Your grandkids. I have sat on the couch before and something will, something will pop on, on the TV and I'll just bust out crying for no apparent reason, but it reminded me of some of your kids and your grandkids and the conversations that we have had. And look, I've been, I've been, I, I've, I've been asked this question, I, I, I believe, a thousand times, if not very, very close. Why? Why? I raised my child, my son, my daughter. I raised them in church. Why are they, are they living like they're living? I've brought my grandkids to church. They know. Why are they living like they're living? I can't answer that question. I've never been able to answer that question. I don't know the answer to that question. But what I can tell you is this. They know right from wrong. They know right from wrong. And I'm going to tell you, in some of their minds, they believe what they're doing is right. But in the back of their mind, they know that it is wrong. Hello? Do you know how I know that? Because some of those kids, some of those same kids have sat in children's church under Sister Carrie's teaching. And I know what she was teaching them. And they was being taught right from wrong. Some of those kids have sat in Sister Amanda's Sunday school class. And I know what she was teaching them. And she's teaching them right from wrong. Some of those same kids have sat in the teenager Sunday school class under multiple different teachers, now under Brother Michael and Sister Elizabeth. And I know that they have been taught right from wrong. Some of those same kids have been in, this, has been in Ignite Student Ministries or Discipleship Kids on Wednesday night. And they have been taught right from wrong. Some of those same kids have sat on these pews. Some of those same kids have watched live stream. They've watched it in the living room with parents. They've watched it laying on their bed. They've watched it going down the road. They've watched it on the front porch or the back porch. They've been in the house of God. And I know that they know right from wrong. And the Bible tells us that when they've been taught, it's going to be there. Why? Because the Word of God is not going to go out and return void. Just like it was in Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve knew. Y'all hear what I'm fixing to say. Y'all got to get this. They knew. They knew what God had told them to do. And they decided in their own mindset... God has given us what they thought was little. I'm going to tell you something. God don't give a little bit. Come on now. God has given so much more and they traded that away for a little bit. 
That's the devil's plan is get you to trade away your blessings, your talents, your skill set, what you could be doing for God. God, the devil is trying his best to get you to trade that away for just a little. For just a, for just a moment of pleasure. Now, I've never done crack cocaine. I've never done marijuana. I've never drunk alcohol. But I told somebody the other day, and you lap this, you want to. I really don't care. But I told somebody the other day because somebody in this church said, I was telling them how I was feeling. They said, you got a hangover. I'm on t- this was after the epidural. I told them if this is what a hangover is, I don't know why in the world anybody would want this. I had somebody tell me, they said, because some thinks it's pleasurable. I didn't get no pleasure out of it. That's the most miserable time. But there are people that will get a high off of cocaine, marijuana, meth, alcohol, whatever else you want to come up with. They'll get that high for only a moment of time. And then they're back to reality. I was watching a TV show, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is really could happen or not. I was watching a TV show. It's an ambulance show. And this guy's laying on the ground, and they said that he had took some drugs and stuff, and they gave him a shot. And then the next thing you know, bam, he said, What happened to my high? They, the paramedics said, they, we got to take you to the... Oh, I'm going to find some... i got to go find my high again. And I know that was comical. We laughed. But I'm going to tell you something. Spiritually speaking, that's exactly what people are trying to do. They're trying because they don't want to do what God has called them to do because this is work. Salvation, folks, is free. Everything else, you got to do something. The musicians and the, and the praise team, they're not just up here just to, just to have something to do, but they're here because they want to sing praises. They want to play an instrument and give praises to God. They don't just sit up here and, 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 and pick his microphone. Don't you turn his microphone. They don't just sit here and pick up his microphone and Hold it up, and all of a sudden, music's going to a uh, uh, singing's going to come out of this right here, and come out of these speakers. They've got to come early and practice. They got to put forth an effort. Sister Deborah, I really wish that one, that this thing right over this piano over here, you could just mash one button, and it just play all them songs, and everything would just I just mash one button, and it starts playing. He's alive. He's alive. You stay over here and mash another button. When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me. You know, you can't just mash a button and those songs just come out. She's got a, she's got a piano at the house. She practices. They get these songs together. There's work involved. Why am I telling you this? Because people come to church and take all of that for granted. Ooh, where'd that come from? I don't know who said, did you put that in that microphone? 
people take it for granted, I come to the house of God and they're just going to make me feel all better. No, that ain't the way. I, I know I got others I got to talk about, but that's not it. We have got to be the body of Christ and we've got to go to God in prayer. We've got to have that time of study. We've got to have that time of getting a hold of God. So when we come to the house of God together, guess what? We come in one mind, one accord, and ready to get a hold of God. Why? Because I want the blessings of God in my life. Let's go on. The case of Noah... The entire earth had turned its back on God for a good time. Earth, all of flesh, had turned its back on God for a good time. Let me tell you something. A good time only lasts you just a, a short time. I ain't never been in a bar. I've already told you I have never drunk alcohol or anything, and I'm not knocking anybody that has. But I'm going to tell you something. Those things last for a short time. I've had people to tell me time and time again. It just gives you just a little bit. But guess what happens on Monday? This is what I've been told. It gives you a little bit, but guess what happens on Monday morning? Reality is still there. You're not going to drown your sorrows and all of the other things. The good time of earth. What you've got to do is you've got to come in. You've got to lay those burdens. You've got to lay those trials. You've got to lay those problems down on an altar at the foot of the cross and allow God to touch your lives. In the case of Samson, before I, before I even finish this sentence, gender is not the important part in this story. Hello? In the case of Samson, a woman caught his eyes, but she had evil intentions. I've already said it. The devil is going to move people into your circle, and, they, and the devil is going to use somebody that you've allowed to get close to you. The devil is going to use them to tear you down. Somebody's asked me, why are you so picky about who gets up on that stage? Why are you so picky about who is going to stand behind this pulpit? I'm going to tell you something. I'm responsible and I'm not going to let some fly-by-night yo-yo, that's saying nicely, come here and, and damage the sheep of this church. Hello? But God or the devil will use those people that you allow to get close to you. Do not be unequally yoked. Come on. A double-minded man is, is unstable in all their ways. Let me tell you something. The person that you let close to you, I'm not talking about just your spouse, hello? I'm talking about when you, when you confide in somebody that's going to be praying over that need in your life, you better make sure that that person can get a hold of God. You need to make sure you don't let certain people get close to you. Amen? In the case of Peter and the ear. In the case of Peter and the ear. 
Peter felt like that Jesus could not defend himself. Let me say, church, you've got to understand something. Jesus can defend himself. Jesus can, Jesus can take care of things. Jesus is more powerful than you are. God is more powerful than you are. Somebody want to talk about the Bible? Sister Carrie, I tell you, I talk all day long. I'll talk till I can't talk no more. But I'm not going to argue with you. Why? Because I know that the God I serve does not need little old me to, de to defend Him. God can take care of Himself and you and I. God cares for us. Now, I have been given charge to preach the gospel and to defend the gospel. But I'm not going to argue with you. Hello? Hey, some folks, they want to argue. They want to argue. They want to they really, really get you all riled up. Why? Because they want you to get to the point where you're going to pull your sword and cut their ear off. Come on. I Look, y'all think I'm joking, but I'm telling you, I've heard preachers and evangelists getting in a, getting in a fist fight over the Bible. You ain't going to catch me doing that. Why? Because God does not need me to defend Him. He can take care of. Now, does anybody remember what happened to Peter the next few days? He denied God. He lost the... Look, this man has been in the presence of the Son of God. And he allowed something to get in between him and the blessings that God's given to him. We see all of these examples. Even those people close to God are not immune to the tricks of the devil. They will cause you to stumble and they will cause you to fall if you allow them to get in your way. What we've seen here is Judges chapter 21 and verse 25. In those days, there was nobody, there was no king of Israel. In other words, now look, I'm gonna tell y'all, I'm gonna tell you something. Can I tell you something? Y'all don't tell nobody I said it. Okay, good. I'm not a fan. Yo, don't take don't take don't take this the wrong way at all. I am not a fan of a fly by night church. Okay? Not a fan of it. Why? Because if they're preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're going to be sustained. Brother Andy, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, if I, Jesus Christ, be lifted up, then all would be drawn unto me. A lot of, I didn't say, did I say all? No, I did not. But a lot of times, a fly-by-night church, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Probably half of you probably thinking of some church right now. Don't say it. But they're there to tickle, they're there to tickle the people's ears. Tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. This is what's going on in Judges chapter 21. There was no king, nobody to lead the people 
in the direction they needed to go and everybody did what they thought was right. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Church, we've got to, under, we've got to, we've got to see something. We've got to understand something here. When there is no moral leader that is leading the children of God, when we think we can do it ourselves, when we think that we don't need church. I'll say that one again. That was, a, that was good. When we think we don't need church. Now y'all, look, I've already said this enough. Y'all know what I mean by that. I'm not talking about this building. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about a relationship with God. I'm tired of religion. I want the relationship. So y'all know that that's what I'm talking about. But when there's no moral leader, look at our nation today. Come on. I'm not saying there's no moral people leading this nation. I'm saying this nation is not allowing morality to be number one. When they can stand up in the halls of Congress and say, God has no place here, that is a lack of morality and reverence to God. Brother Andy, they didn't. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes, they did. On a news conference so the whole world could see. The Israelites were not willing to acknowledge any ruler, any king, any moral leader. Wickedness was running rampant. And every person was forsaking God and doing what they thought was right. God warns us about such a lifestyle. God warns us about turning away from Him and forsaking Him. God warns us. And tells us in Scripture and gives us a warning through the Word of God about turning away from God and violating the commandments of God. So back to the question that started this whole six, seven, eight weeks. How can we keep the blessings of God? There's several things that we've talked about. I'm, I'm bringing it to a close. There's several things that we've talked about over the last... Six, seven, eight weeks. We have talked about, and I'm going to just summarize them. We've talked about allowing Christ to keep us in the palm of God's hands. We have talked about allowing God to turn the lies of the devil into a blessing. Take the things the devil's throwing at us, and God can take that trial and turn it to a blessing. Hello? God can take the bad things the devil wants to throw at us and God can take those and make it a blessing. We've talked about putting God first in our finances. Can I say that one again? Nobody said amen. We talked about God putting God first in our finances. Come on. I was telling somebody just today. Telling somebody just today, I've had many people come to me and they're asking me to pray over their finances and they'll pray, God, I need God to move. Come to find out what they're trying to do is they're trying to get everything paid, they're trying to get everything established, they're trying to do everything they can before they pay their tithes and their offerings. That is backwards, folks. That is backwards. We need to put God first in our finances. We've also talked about putting God first in our time management. I don't have enough time during the day. Put God first and you will. 
Hello? You put God first in your time, you will have the time to do the things that you do. Think about it. Those that gets up early in the morning and reads a devotion and prays, think about it. You've got more time in the day than somebody else does. There are many more things that we could have talked about over the last several weeks. But as we close, I want to, I want to leave you with two familiar verses. I want to leave you with two familiar verses that we've read many times around this church. The first one is found in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. It says this, Let us consider how to stir up. How many has ever cooked or watched somebody cooked, cook? When they start stirring, what happens? It mixes everything together. You can't be connected to a family unless you've been stirred. If, the, if, if, if somebody's making... Do you use eggs and banana pudding? Okay. If somebody's making... I told y'all I don't cook, I eat. Somebody's making banana pudding. Sister Frances is over there making banana pudding. And she's got eggs on the side of the over on the counter right there, laying there. They ain't moving. They ain't rolling around. They just sitting there. She's got all of these ingredients here, and she's putting everything together. But she leaves those eggs out. Are those eggs going to be part of the banana pudding? Why? Because everything else got put in the bowl, and she's got that big old wooden spoon. I wonder, Brother Mike, did she whoop you with that wooden spoon? Where's my phone at? He'll be texting me in a minute. You take, she, she takes that big old wooden spoon and she stirs everything together, but those eggs are still left on the side. Are those eggs going to be part of that banana pudding? Now I'm going to ask you something else. Is that banana pudding going to taste right? Let me tell you something, church. Let me tell you something, church. Let us consider how to stir. We've got to be stirred together one another to show one another love, compassion, and do the works that God's called us to do. So we've got to get those eggs and we've got to get them in that banana pudding. Why? Because verse 25. Not neglecting us meeting together. Coming together as a body of believers. Not neglecting meeting together as a habit of some. Some, over the last 18 months, has gotten in the habit of not coming to the house of God. Boy, did I say that out loud? Ooh. Some have allowed their habits, their routine, to get out of coming to the house. Now, if you run in a fever, stay home. That ain't what I'm talking about. Some have neglected meeting together and have gotten out of the habit of coming to the house of God. I need you, church, to not have coming to the house of God as a part of your habit. I needed a routine. Y'all, when we've, had to shut this, when we've had to shut it down and not come here, and we've done live stream only, I've had several of you telling me the same thing. When some of you have been sick, 
and you've not come to church for three weeks? I had one young lady tell me this. said, boy, I feel weird. I can't keep up with my days. I can't keep up with the week. Why? Because we have gotten part of our routine is coming to the house of God. Don't let it be a habit. Let it be part of your routine. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the direct day drawing near. Let me tell you something. Does anybody see the day drawing near? We need to do this a lot more. We need to encourage one another. We need to come together, not stay apart. Last verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, starting verse 13. Everybody reads verse 14. We're going to read verse 14. Don't you look at verse 13. When God shuts up the heavens... So there is no, the DAL version, so there is no spiritual rain pouring out onto mankind. It ain't talking about something that's going to wet the grass out here. This, is, this verse is talking about live feed right there, in-house right there, right there. This rain is not wet. This is the former and the latter rain. This is the Holy Ghost rain Pouring out on mankind. When I shut up the heavens and I don't allow spiritual rain to pour out. Why does God shut up the heavens and not allow spiritual rain to pour out? Because there's not a remnant of people calling out to God. What was that, what was that verse? Hang on. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this verse to you. Verse 1 of surely the presence of the Lord. I'm going to read this to you. In the midst of His children. Hello? Now, I like to come to church whenever, whenever we, you know, you have a house full of sinners. I love that. But I'm going to tell you something. There's something about being in the presence of brothers and sisters in Christ. There's something about coming together and being in the midst of God's children. The Lord said... I'm going to be in your midst too. It doesn't take very many. It can be just two or three. But we can't come to the house of God griping, grumbling, and complaining about everything that's going on. We've got to come into the house of God, come into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. It's not about what song they're singing. It's about lifting up our hands and worshiping God. It's not about who's up here or who's playing the piano or who ain't playing the, drum, the drums or the, or the guitar. It's about coming into the house of God. We need to come into the presence of God. Look at verse 14. If God's people, if God's children would, that are called by the name that is above every name, if God's children who are called by the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, 
if they would come together, humble themselves, get every... I'm not here for a power struggle, folks. I could care less about what title I may have. I got a lot of them. You want a title? I can give you something. I got a whole lot of titles. And I got more I don't even remember. You don't believe me? Follow me for a few days. I got the title of a, pre, of a, a, a treasurer on several boards. I got the title of president on another one. I got a title of board member on one. I also got the title of district overseer. I got the title of ordained bishop. I've got the title of pastor. One time they called it a senior pastor. I always dreaded being the senior pastor because I didn't want anybody to think I was old. Then I realized, oh, watch it. Then I realized that's not what it meant. Then they changed it from senior pastor to lead pastor. I don't know what I am. I'm head janitor is all I tell folks. One guy says that I'm the dog catcher. I don't, y'all, that's a whole long story behind that. I got a title I'll give you. But you know what else I got a title of? My title is also husband. My title is also daddy. Come on. I got a lot of titles. Those last two you can't take from me. I got a lot of titles. If you want one, I can find you a title. I'll write it on a sheet of paper. Look, I'll get a computer and really print it up pretty. But God's not looking for a church that's got a title. God's looking for a group of people that are going to humble themselves before God. And when they humble themselves, they're not on a pedestal. They're not trying to lift themselves up. But when they humble themselves and pray and seek the face of God and they turn, look at at this verse. Remember, this is talking to God's people. But Brother Kevin, look at what he says. He says, my people have got to turn from their wicked ways. Come on, church. We've turned a deaf ear for far too long. We've turned a blind eye for far too long and allowed sin to enter into the church world. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I got a letter at the house from the state of Alabama that says that I am the pastor for the Coosa Valley Church of God. And I'm going to tell you something, church. I am not, as the pastor of this church, you can like this or you can lump it. I really don't care. I am not standing on this right here. For those that cannot see this, this is the minutes of the church of God. This is the bylaws of the church of God. This is how we're to conduct business. I'm not standing on this. Yes, we're going to follow it. But if this ever goes contrary to this, I'll take it and I'll throw it in the burn pit. And I'll be honest, I don't care if the state heard me or the international offices heard me. 
Coosa Valley Church of God is going to stand on the Word of God. And if they don't like it and they want to kick us out of this building, you know what? We'll find somewhere, we'll find a pine tree and we'll gather together and we're going to worship God standing on the Word of God. It, the, the church for far too long has allowed wickedness to move into the ranks of the church. Brother Andy, I, look, y'all, I have been told this from this body. I have been told this from people in this building. Brother Andy, if you wouldn't be so strict about who you had let on the stage... You wouldn't be so strict about who you allowed to teach a Sunday school class. I'm going to tell you something, church. This is, this is just it. If we would turn from the wicked ways that has invaded the ranks of the church. I'm not talking about Coosa Valley. Because remember, I just told you, people told me if you'd quit being so strict. But we have got to make sure, Coosa Valley has got to make sure that wickedness is not entering into the ranks of this body of believers. Before anybody misunderstands, I didn't say everybody had to be perfect. Because guess what? I am not perfect. Hello? I'm not perfect. I leave, I leave my socks bottled up sometimes. I'm not perfect. I may throw a dirty towel on the floor. I am not perfect. There ain't none of us in here perfect. But you know what? When we follow the mighty hand of God, we allow our flesh to die daily. We take up our cross and follow after Him. Then God will forgive us Heal our land. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of sickness invading the ranks of this body. I'm sick and tired of the devil trying to tear things down, trying to destroy things that God has built up. It's high time that we take a stand against the devil. And in order to do that, you've got to get mad against the devil. Hello? We can be angry and sin not. Come on. It's time that we take a stand against the devil. Would you stand all over the house? Those last few minutes wasn't exactly part of the outline. But I'm going to tell you something, church. It's time that we get a hold of God. We need people that is going to cry out to God. I'm going to ask you a question, but I don't want anybody to answer it because I'm afraid to embarrass anybody. How many over this last week has fasted for this church? I'm going to ask you another one. How many just, just took five, ten minutes and prayed for this body of believers? Really makes us stop and think, doesn't it? But church, that's the only way we're going to move forward is we have got to hold one another up with God. 
We've had sickness. We've had death. But I'm, and we've had other attacks that has come against us. But we've got to stand on the Word of God. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you this day, we want to thank you. We want to praise you. God, today I pray that as the words has gone forth that you've given to us, and God, some other words that you've placed into our mindset. Father, as those words have gone forth, I pray, Father God, that it would touch and resonate with the hearts and lives of everyone that is here or those that have joined us on live feed. Father, I pray that you would move into our lives in a mighty way. Help us to be the servants that we need to be. Help us to be the vessels that we need to be. God put words in our mouths so that we could be a witness to those that surround us. Our family and our friends. Our co-workers. That stranger at Walmart. God, I'm praying that you would help us to be the servants that we need to be. We forever give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Live feed, thank you so much for being a part of our services. If you have any prayer requests, please text it to the number listed on the bottom of the screen. You can also visit our website at cvcog.church. Uh, there you can find sermon outlines, online giving, and so much more. Thank you so much for being a part of our services. May God bless you. Thank you.